In Egypt, where the Muslim Brotherhood's candidate has captured the presidency, Islamists insist they respect democracy and reject the goals of terrorist organizations. But historically, the relationship between the Muslim Brotherhood and al-Qaeda has been long and twisted. Lawrence Wright dug deep into that history in his book, The Looming Tower, Al-Qaeda and the Road to 9-11. Wright says in its early days, especially in the 1940s and early 50s, the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood embraced violence. Its most violent expression probably was in 1954 when a Muslim member of the Muslim Brothers decided to assassinate Gamal Abdel Nasser at a speech he was making in Alexandria. The entire country heard the shots which injured a bystander but did not hit Nasser at all. And after that, the government cracked down on the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, that was a important moment in the history of al-Qaeda because that's when Ayman al-Zawahri, who was a young 15-year-old student then, decided to form a cell to overthrow the Egyptian government. And he is now the head of al-Qaeda. I want to ask you about him in just a second, but what do you think was the moment when the Muslim Brotherhood kind of entered the mainstream and became, you know, this political party that is now running Egypt today? It's interesting how that happened. They wanted a route to power. And in Egypt, there are a number of syndicates, professional syndicates for doctors, lawyers, journalists, and they colonized those syndicates. In the process, the Muslim Brotherhood became a much more middle class professional organization. And in 2005, they formally decided to enter the political process. But long before that, al-Qaeda and Zawahri had broken with the brothers because of their uh, tendency to accommodate with the government. This middle-class professionalism has really defined it in the last several decades. Mm. And the al-Qaeda strain of the Muslim Brotherhood, if you will, really got vilified by the uh, Egyptian government. Uh, What do you think uh, the severely disabled leadership of al-Qaeda makes of the Muslim Brotherhood today? I mean, Ayman al-Zawahri, as you say, an Egyptian doctor, number two in al-Qaeda, now number one. He was a dyed-in-the-wool Muslim brother. What must he be thinking of Mohammed Morsi today? Ayman al-Zawahri hates the Muslim brothers. Uh, he, He wrote a book called Bitter Harvest in which he denounced them. It would be very, very difficult for him to accommodate to what's happening now because the brothers... Their acceptance of democracy is the very opposite of what al-Qaeda stands for. In Zawahri's opinion, the brothers have walked away from the original idea of the, of the Muslim Brotherhood, which was that God's law is, it takes precedent over man's law. And the brothers believe this, but they just believe that democracy is the best way of enforcing that kind of change in Egyptian society and other Islamic societies. Zawahri doesn't believe in democracy at all. He, he, he would prefer to see a, a religious theocracy take control. And uh, that once was the vision of the Muslim brothers as well. But it doesn't seem to be so predominant in the thinking today. You know, the the truth is al-Qaeda is fighting for its life. The main thing that would put a stake in his heart is a successful democratic experience in Egypt. And if the Muslim brothers can demonstrate responsible leadership in Egypt that is tolerant and progressive, that'll be the end of al-Qaeda. If they fail, it'll be a different story. It's interesting that you say that the Arab Spring could actually mean something of a death knell for al-Qaeda. This is what it's all about for al-Qaeda. It wanted mainly to take over an Arab country, and Egypt was the most 
appealing of all of them, especially for Zawahiri, his own native country. It was his goal since he was 15 years old. And what has happened? Well, the Muslim Brothers are now a democratically elected government, and they have taken over the government, a goal that al-Qaeda never even got close to. Let me put this to you, Lawrence Wright. I mean, since you point out that the Muslim Brotherhood kind of colonized occupations uh, in in Egypt, um, but they've kind of been doing that for decades. Mm -hmm. How did they manage to one-up the military in in this most recent instance? Well, the Muslim Brothers are, you know, a very formidable force in Egypt, and, uh, you know, and so is the military. These are the two primary poles that function in Egyptian society right now, and they had to come to an accommodation. Neither one of them could work without the other. And so I think what we've seen is that the military has bowed to the reality of Egyptian political system right now doesn't mean that they're not going to be a big factor in politics. And I don't think the story's been told yet about where Egypt is going, especially what the military's role will be in the future. Lawrence Wright, a staff writer at The New Yorker and the author of The Looming Tower, Al-Qaeda and the Road to 9-11. He's been speaking with us from Austin, Texas. Lawrence Wright, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Marco. Thank you.